What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Fortune. OK, Davis here with you. I know it's been a minute. My voice was really bad. I had a bad cough. I could barely speak, but I'm back. And I probably could have done last Thursday. I would have had to break it up in like five minute segments because I kept coughing every time I was talking. But I know that's a little much, a little much for you this this Thursday as I feel really bad that I missed a whole week last week in sports, which I never like missing. But I felt it was necessary to get my voice right. But I'm back, and boy, do I have a lot to talk about. But I won't belabor you going deep into topics, but we're gonna talk, of course, about Kyrie Irving. I mean, come on, in the NBA. We'll talk about the Washington football team and the excitement within me at the possibility of Byron Allen buying an NFL team, having a black majority owner of any NFL team. But if it's Washington, it's a little extra special. But I'm first going to start with the World Series and what I think is really, really shaping up to being one of the best of all time. Um, The drama... And, and I mean, for me, when I say best of all time, I'm not going to act like, oh, it's like, you know, it just has a lot to it that I'm enjoying. First and foremost, if you saw on Twitter, I asked for all of the former Nats fans, who are you rooting for more, Dusty Baker or Bryce Harper? More people, 90% said Dusty Baker. And that surprised me a lot. I was like, oh, okay, all right. And I'm, I am rooting for Dusty. As a manager who's been a manager for a very, very long time, his connection to D.C. and Baltimore, um, he's never won a World Series, as great as he's been as a manager. And if there was anyone for the Astros with what they had to deal with with their cheating scandal, that could kind of, at least for me, be able to make me say, okay, I can kind of root for them. It's Dusty. It's Dusty and Matt Blum, too, because he works for the Astros. So I'd love to see them win a World Series. But on the other side, I can't even be mad at Bryce Harper anymore. I'm happy for him. I'm excited to see him playing well on the big stage. You know, I think he probably would have could have stayed in Washington. The whole thing about him saying, oh, even when I was listening to a couple of Philly radio stations, oh, he's, he's, he's Philly's kind of guy. No, he just signed a contract. That's it. All right, let's not act like, oh, he's he's true and true Philly. No, if he had stayed in Washington, we would have said, hey, he's Washington through and through too. And that just doesn't really compute, right? I mean, for me, I'd probably be less happy if it wasn't for the fact that the Nationals did win a World Series after he left. That was a big deal for me. That was exciting. Um... And so I'm just grateful for what the Nats were, although they seem to be doing the floor. I hope they're doing the Florida Marlins thing. Remember the Florida Marlins? Maybe you don't remember. They won the World Series and they got rid of all their players. And then like five or six years later, they won it again. Then they got rid of all their players. I'm okay if we're going to stockpile a bunch of draft picks and get a bunch of young players and all of a sudden we're back in the World Series. Okay, I'll take that. But we got to wait and see on that. But let's get back to the World Series. It's tied 2-2. The Phillies finally lost a game at home. They were undefeated at home going into the World Series. The Astros were undefeated, period. Swept both of their teams going into the World Series. 
they got hit in the mouth in game one by Philly, and then Philly won game three as well. But here we are. The game is tied 2-2. It's the best of three series. And last night was nothing short of amazing. The Astros combined for a no-hitter. A no-hitter in game four. I never, ever would have thought that that would happen. What Christian Javier's uh, stardom, if you will, if you weren't into the Astros, if you didn't know who, you know, you probably think uh, Justin Verlander, Framber, uh, Valdez, am I saying his name right? Framber, yeah, um, that, those guys you know. Did you know Christian Javier? I don't know. But I'm telling you what, going into game five, Justin Verlander on the mound, I don't know if you want a better pitcher on the mound in terms of the fact of his pedigree. He's a Hall of Famer, Cy Young Award winner. He's, not, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Cy Young Award winner. He's won World Series before. But, but, the Phillies had his number in game one. So then I'm like, well, I don't know. But this is the place, this is the time for him to step up. And it's going to be exciting. But last night between the bullpen and the starter, Christian Javier pitching a no-hitter, I was saying after game three that, man, if I was doing a daily podcast, there's no doubt that I would have said, hey, 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 Phillies, save some of those home runs. Save some of those hits and the excitement for game four. But this is adding to the drama. Now we got the best of three. And this is going to be, this is going to be exciting. It, it really will be. And, I mean, the way that the Astros, I mean, they basically scored all their runs in the fifth inning, and you were like, oh, man, okay. I mean, it definitely was a pitcher's duel. Then all of a sudden, the Astros broke out, and now you're like, okay, well, let's, uh, what's going to happen next? Are the Phillies going to come back? And they weren't able to. And that part for me was really kind of like, okay, okay, let's see what's going to happen. Um, and the Phillies couldn't answer. And maybe it was just in the, a great night for the Astros, and it was just an off night. The Phillies were exhausted. They they had all of their um, adrenaline going in Game Three. They exhausted all of it, got out to a big lead, won the game, and then the Astros said, "Okay, we got you." But tonight is so pivotal. It's Houston at Philly, Game Five. Justin Verlander versus Noah Syndergaard. And maybe you could say, okay, well, Justin Verlander, it's on the road. So maybe that makes a difference, I guess. Maybe that's what we'll say. I mean, it's, I mean, game one. Gave up five earned runs in five innings, six hits. So it's going to be 
interesting to see what happens here. But the best thing about it is there's no chance that the Phillies can win the World Series in Houston. And I'm, I mean, in Philly. And I'm okay, whoever wins. I really am. I find some excitement for both. My mom is from Philly. I got some good friends from Philadelphia. So I'm good either way. I am. But Justin Verlander, with a World Series record of 0-6, the Phillies already shown that they can get at Justin Verlander. I'd be nervous. I'd be saying, Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. My thing in the end is I really just want to see a good game. That's it. That's what I want to see. I want it to be competitive, similar to game one a little bit, where Phillies won 6-5, right? Now, I'm not saying Phillies win. I, I I don't care who wins. I mean, I guess in terms of drama, if the Phillies win tonight, then it's like, ooh, the dra- then then it does add to some drama in Houston. So I'll give you that. Um, but I guess the other way, if, if Houston wins tonight and then Philly has to try to win on the road, there's some drama there too. So, you know, it could go either way. But I am excited, excited for what's to come tonight. Now, if you ask me who I'm taking in the game, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Um, Because I do think that I've been I've been right the last two games in the World Series. Um game 1 I was wrong. I didn't make my daily pick for game 2. I didn't do that. Um So realistically tonight the Astros are favored minus 5 plus 110 right now. Phillies plus 1.5. One and a half runs. I'm saying 1.5. Minus 130. Excuse me. Astros are plus 110. Phillies are minus 130. But that record of Justin Verlander, I just don't like it. I think realistically, if I have to make a pick right now, which I'm going to think about it, it's early in the morning now. You know, I'm going to have to think about it. But I think I may go with the Phillies at plus one and a half. I think I may have to go with the Phillies. I just might have to. Someone who's not, who I'm not going to go with, but you know I'm gonna not going to go with him in the National Basketball Association, and that's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, which the news broke, right? That Kyrie Irving um, and the Brooklyn Nets will each donate $500,000 in the wake of, you know, Irving was making the controversial media posts where there was some anti-Semitic language in this movie, Hebrews and Negroes, Wake Up Black America. Um... And there isn't any room for anti-Semitism. It isn't. 
Kyrie Irving said, quote, I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I'm aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals or principles. I'm a human being learning from all walks of life and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So for my family and I, we meant no harm to any one group, race or religion of people and wish to only be a beacon of truth and light. Josiah, the Nets owner, you know, really condemned Kyrie Irving and, and really was disappointed in, in the fact that he even liked that book. Um, my thing is, even before he posted this, if I'm the Nets, I'm like, we got to move on from this guy. That's the bottom line. I mean, you see uh, Kanye West made some anti-Semitic comments and the cancel culture took care of him, right? Across the board, businesses, people, everybody's like, yeah, we're done with, with Yeezy. Now, they obviously said they're not going to be done with Kyrie Irving. And maybe that's partially, obviously, because he was, you know, promoting a book on social media and not necessarily making the comments himself like Kanye West. But I do think if I'm the Nets, I'm like, okay, I'm done with Kyrie Irving. But probably nobody wants to trade for him, but they need to. Steve Nash already is a sacrificial lamb, if you will. He and the Nets agreeing to part ways. And now they're talking about bringing in Ime Udoka, which... I'm kind of confused. I'm like, wait, from the personal conduct perspective, should you take what happened in Boston into account or we're acting like that didn't matter or we're saying it was consensual? I'm more saying it from the fact that I'm confused about why he was suspended. If it was consensual, like the whole thing to me is like, okay, there obviously is more to the story. There's no doubt about that because they suspended him. But if I'm the Nets, I'm like, oh, is that really the coach I want to go after after what happened? And then there's talk about sex therapy. Like the whole thing with the Brooklyn Nets is like, you need to just settle down. You don't need to add more controversy. And the, the team is full of controversy, which of course means from a culture standpoint, you just simply can't win. This team cannot win. I don't think they will win the championship. That is, I don't even know if they can be a good team this year, which actually because of Victor Wimbayama, maybe you're like, you know what? It's okay. If we take that hit this year, could you imagine Ben Simmons? And I didn't even talk about Ben Simmons with Brooklyn, but that's another person there, right? Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant and, and Victor Wimbayama. Wimbayama, excuse me. I mean, that team, then you do say, well, maybe there's a championship. Because he's like the Greek freak times two. His height, what he can do with the ball. He's coming into this. Like Giannis was an experiment. He was like, okay, maybe he can be good. Right? I mean, he's taking, what, 15th in his draft? Because they were like, ah, oh, maybe. And he's been a beast. But the Eiffel Tower, I mean, woo, he's a beast already. So maybe 
the Nets are like, well, ooh, it's okay if we don't win this year. It's fine. Of course, I wish my Washington Wizards would do that too, but I know we're not into tanking, and Adam Silver is like, oh, no, we're not going to go into tanking. That's not what we do. Well, we should. But then again, I know it's the lottery balls. By the way, man, was it Mega Millions, Powerballs, up to $1.3 billion? I'd like to get that. How about that, huh? But if you're Houston, Sacramento, the Lakers, Golden State's, not playing well. I feel like if you're some of these teams, at some point you're saying Orlando's not playing well, Detroit's not playing well. Maybe you're saying, well, it's okay if we have a losing season this year. If that gives us a shot, if we get a chance to be in that one through 14 range and possibly get the number one pick, I mean, teams will probably give away their entire team to get Victor Wimbayama. And then we'll figure out who else we need to sign to fill the roster. You know that's happening. So if I'm Brooklyn, I'm like, okay, whatever. If we have a bad season, it's cool. It's a transition year. It's a tramp. Paris, New York, it's got that connection. I mean, come on. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. I could see it. I'm not going to get into the weeds of some games. I've been watching. I'm surprised the Wizards are 500. Or more surprising that the Sixers are struggling. The biggest surprise to me, but it probably shouldn't have been a surprise, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have a really good team. And they added an all-star in Donovan Mitchell. If you want to talk about a team that you should think about right now and say, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll take a flyer on them to win the NBA championship. You can get the Cavs right now at plus 2,800, 28 to 1. The Nuggets have moved up to 18 to 1. I took a flyer on them. But the Cavs, they're the surprise team. The Pelicans have been a bit of a disappointment to me, but that's mostly because of injuries. They're not a bad team by any stretch, 4 and 3 on the season so far. But if they can stay healthy, you got Brandon, Zion, CJ. That's, yeah, that's a quality team. Milwaukee still has a chance to go 82-0. So they're realistically 7-0. They are a solid team, and they don't even have Chris Middleton playing right now. So they are looking really good. And maybe there'll be some shifts. It is very early in the season. We haven't even completed 10% of the games yet. Phoenix, I expect them to to be a good team. They're six and one on the season. I didn't expect the Jazz to be this good at six and three after letting go of not only uh, Donovan Mitchell but Rudy Gobert. Got rid of both of their superstars, and now they're thriving six and three. I mean that roster, in my mind, doesn't have a superstar on it if you will they've got a bunch of really good sound basketball players that's what they have colin sexton Lori markinen jordan clarkson mike conley 
Malik Beasley, Kelly Olynyk. Like the it's they've got some they've got some solid players on that team. They really do. And they are another surprise at 6 and 3. As I switch lastly to the NFL, what's been a surprise is a number of trades. I mean, there were so many trades. I was like, I even saw on Twitter, and I said I had said it in my mind too, but I was like, wait, is this like the NBA? I mean, the number of trades that were going on. I was like, what are we talking about? It was really bizarre to me. The one that probably was most surprising is sad, Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears. I didn't know. To me, that was the ones like, who knew? Who knew that I was like, eh, we, we could do without Chase. That really surprised me. And to think on November 1st at 4 o'clock, I mean, Bradley Chubb, Calvin Ridley, Naheem Hines, Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco, Roquan Smith, Baltimore, Robert Quinn to Philly. I mean, I was just like, what is happening here? The moves here just really, really surprise me. They really did. Um, and I think one of the ones that's like went under the radar, uh, the Jets getting a running back and James Robinson and TJ Hawkinson going to Minnesota. Watch out for Minnesota. Oh, that hurts to say that. They don't shine when it really comes down to the bright lights. When the bright lights are on, we got to see if Kirk Cousins can do it. I don't know if he can. I really don't. But the Vikings are 6-1, and one, plus 29 uh, differential. I'm happy the Packers didn't make a move. They didn't need to make a move. Because Aaron Rodgers... Throwing his team under the bus, that's what you get. Yep, you're going to have to win with what you got, and you're not going to win this year. And you're not going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers next year. That's my prediction. Because it's time to just rip the Band-Aid off and say, let's go with another quarterback. Let's move on from him. And I think that's what they will do. I really do. NFC East is looking strong, and that's what I love. Love when the NFC East looks strong. All three of the four, actually four, all of the teams in the NFC East really could make the playoffs, which would be crazy. That would be pretty crazy, but they're all in contention. All right, let's go with my gut check picks. It's time to make my gut check picks as we in just for sport. Here we go. I Eagles. At the Texans at minus 13 and a half. I'm going to take the Texans at plus 13 and a half. Buffalo Bills are favored at the Jets at plus 12 and a half. That's easy for me. I'm taking the Jets at plus 12 and a half. The Dolphins are minus five at the Bears. I'm going to take the Bears at plus five and a half. Vikings are favored at the Washington Commanders. Game of the week for me. 
The Vikings are favored at minus three and a half. There has been some magic in Washington, and I know my friends and family all excited at the thought of Daniel Snyder potentially selling the team and Byron Allen talking about he may buy the team, which would be great to see a black owner in the NFL. And I think it's time. It's time now, and I'd love to see Byron Allen making that move. Let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe we can get Sheila Johnson as a minority owner. Let's do that too. But I'm going to take the Vikings at minus three and a half there. Carolina Panthers at the Bengals. Bengals are favored minus seven and a half. Uh, the Bengals didn't look good against the Browns. That really surprised me. Now, the Panthers played well at the Falcons, which also was a surprise. But that was a divisional game. I don't know who's going to show up, but I think the game may be a little closer. I'm going to take the Panthers at plus seven and a half. Packers at the Lions. Packers are favored at minus three and a half. Oh, boy. But the, the man, the Packers aren't playing well. I'm taking the Detroit Lions at plus three and a half. Colts at the Patriots. Patriots are favored at minus five and a half against the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts at plus five and a half. I'm taking a lot of underdogs here. What's going on? Chargers at the Falcons. The Falcons are the home dog. I'm going to take the Chargers at minus three. Raiders, Jaguars, Jaguars are the home dog. I'm going to take the Raiders at minus one and a half on the road. Seahawks at the Cardinals. Cardinals are favored at minus two. Nope, Seahawks are playing very well. Who needs Russell Wilson? Well, we got Geno Smith and we got the head coach, the head coach doing his thing. I tell you, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised. The Rams, Buccaneers, Buccaneers are favored at minus three. I don't know. I don't know what team's going to show up here. The Rams haven't looked good either. I'm going to take the Bucks at minus three. Titans at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored minus 12 and a half. The Titans have not looked good this year. That margin seems like a lot. But the Chiefs are coming. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs there. I think they, they're rolling on all cylinders. Uh, and Monday night, we've got the Ravens and the Saints. The Ravens are favored at minus two and a half on the road. I am going to take the Ravens. So there you have it. I got the Ravens minus two and a half, Chiefs minus 12 and a half, Bucks minus three, Seahawks plus two, Raiders minus one and a half, Chargers minus three, Colts plus five and a half, Lions plus three and a half, Panthers plus seven and a half, Vikings minus three and a half, Bears plus five, Jets plus 12 and a half, Texans plus 13 and a half. And those are my gut check picks in the NFL. Enjoy your sports weekend. This is Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. 